0: Welcome Black Equity listeners to another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. Many of you have been listening to our podcast from the very beginning, and I thank you so much for being part of this journey of over 300 plus episodes and having really dope conversations about how to obtain Black equity and what Black equity truly is. For us, it is a way for us to have some control over our culture. And we believe that you do that best through business, through economics. And then, of course, we take it through other channels from there. Now, in order for us to keep this thing moving, to keep having the dopest and deepest conversations possible, it's important to pay attention to what is currently going on in our society, which we always do and make sure it relates to the content in which we are publishing. Okay. So recently there was an article uh, about a month ago uh, about uh, Donald Trump. And it was a big story, right? President Donald Trump uh, had paid just $750 in federal taxes and the world went crazy. <laughs> they were saying, how is this possible? Why is he not paying more? And so I, I want to highlight some of the things that were said and then also present to you this episode, which I think may help give a little bit of context uh, to what we are looking at here. So there's a recent report in CNBC that says the following. There are two strategies that may have helped Trump pay just 750 in federal taxes. The actual headline when you are searching for uh, this conversation, it says how President Trump paid just $750 in federal taxes. And some of the key points that they mentioned were the following. It says that the New York Times published an analysis of President Donald Trump's tax return data going over two decades. Over the years, Trump's businesses have generated significant losses, which he has been able to carry forward to help lower income and taxes in the future, according to the Times. And also, it says real estate businesses come with special tax breaks, including the ability to write off the depreciation of an asset. So, of course, you can go to CNBC or read about this through other channels. But I had the pleasure and the honor to sit down with someone who actually talks about the two systems in our society. And he gave us game on how we can tap into the wealth system. And I believe the game that he gave us actually perfectly corresponds to the information that came out with that story. So if you're interested in learning about the wealth system and how you can tap into it, I want you to listen to this episode, and then at the end, let's direct you exactly where you need to go in order to tap into the wealth system. I'm DJ Motri of Black Equity Network, and welcome to the Black Equity Podcast. We are back for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast, and I've been wanting to have this conversation for quite some time. I've had the opportunity to speak briefly with our guest today, and he has already given me game within the first five minutes of talking to him, (laughs) and I'm really excited for our audience to uh, get a peek into our our guest and what, what his thoughts are on the difference between uh, the poor, uh, thinking with a poor mindset and thinking with a wealthy mindset. And so joining me today is, uh, Douglas. Welcome to black equity podcast.
1: Hey man. Thank you. Thank you. DJ.
0: How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you for asking for those who don't know who, who you are and they really should know who you are. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your company.
1: Yeah. Um, so my name is Douglas Aze with, um, Lago Financial Services. So I've been in in the financial service industry going over 20 years. Mm. And today I work with a lot of financial advisors. I train them, I educate them, including CPAs. Just educating them on the different way of thinking outside the box. But I got into this industry. I was young, 24 years old. I was waiting table at IHOP when somebody handed me a business card and invited me to take a look at the financial service industry. So I got in. You know, I wanted to do something better than waiting table at IHOP at 24 years old. So I, I always knew there's something different. I'm originally from West Africa, Nigeria.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: left Africa when I was 18 years old. I moved to Canada, lived there for a little bit, but I wanted to come to America. This is the last bus stop. This is where I wanted to be. Because I mean, just what it is. That's the vision for everybody. Everyone all over the world want to come to America. Just forget whatever anybody tells you. They want to be here. Don't. Right. so don't let them get it twisted I, you know they want to come here this is the land to be but yeah so when I got into this industry um, I wanted to find a way to be different from everyone else all the other financial advisors out there just to I didn't want to do the same thing that they're doing because my thing is this if something else is going on out here everybody's rushing this way if the crowd is going one way There's something else on the other side that I don't need to follow the crowd. Right. So I say, you know, I don't want to be like everyone else. First I'm from Africa with just a high school diploma. Don't have no college degree in this financial industry. I got my licenses to be a securities rep, insurance license, all those things. But again, you know, what makes me different? Why would I want to keep doing what everybody's doing? Especially when I start realizing that everyone is in the same box. Either they're pushing mutual funds, they're pushing stocks, they're telling their clients, put get some money, put some money in an annuity, you know. But then you see families retire and they retire broke. Mm. You know, or you see people lose all their money in a 401k account or they've been saving all these years but then you see a family that has money and it continues to grow from one generation to the next generation and just continues to sustain and go on so i so that got me curious on how the wealthy families operate because everyone talks about old money oh they got old money I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm from Africa. I know some wealthy families, man, that got money. But when the guy died, the money died with him. Mm. You know, it might last maybe two, three years. or the, the children blow it up or whatever the case might be. But why is it that here, people like Johnson & Johnson, Walt Disney, Walmart family, all these people, their family dynasty continues to grow. The Rockefellers, all these families. I said, there's something they're doing different from everyone else. I don't think they're putting money in the 401k. I don't think they you know, they're limited. They're doing an IRA, putting $5,000, you know, that that stuff. I need to figure out what they're doing. So I started researching wealthy families. Because everybody I talk to, when I ask people, I say, hey, man, you know, do you want to be wealthy or you broke? Even a guy working at IHOP with me want to be wealthy. Right, so nobody, right. I've never met anybody I've never met anybody that say I want to be broke, That's my vision, that's my goal in life to be broke, right? Right. So that got me interested in studying wealthy people. So I started researching them and start understanding the the way they operate, what they do. And I found out that there's two systems in America. There's a system for the wealthy and there's a system for everyone else. Mm. So yeah. So that's what got me into this industry and, you know, we've been blessed with what we've been doing and, you know, the, the, the sky is just the beginning for us. We're still growing. And, um, so yeah, so I'm here with you, man.
0: I I love it, man. And thank you so much. I mean, we're basically had the whole episode right there. I mean, there's not much more to go to, but I am going to ask more questions. Uh, All right. Before we get into, uh, possibly the theme of this, of this conversation, the system for the wealthy, you mentioned mm-hmm. something that I think is important because we do have international listeners. You mentioned uh, wanting to come to America and no matter what anyone tells you, people want to come to America. So I'm, I'm curious. What what did you hear about United States of America prior to getting here that made you want to come?
1: Man, I tell you the marketing, that America market, man, they, whoever, whoever the brand, the person that created the brand, man, I need to hire that person to figure out how do you make that (laughs) stuff? Because for whatever reason, man, they, they know how to sell the system. And, Mm. and they do, and they do a great job. And it's not a lie. It's not just, you know, it's not a fake brand. You know how people market you on the internet? Everybody is a superstar on social media. Right. Until you sit down with them and you're like, man, these jokers don't have no money. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I know
2: exactly what you mean.
1: So, but here, you come here. I mean, America built the country to kidnap people. Ooh. You know, they figured out a system. They say, listen, you know what? We're not going to go to Africa and bring slaves to America no more. We don't do that. That's, that's old school. We, we're not interested in that. We're gonna have them, we're gonna build the country, which you know, again, we know how the country was built. Mm -hmm. When you come, you're gonna kidnap yourself and you don't wanna go back. Mm. See what? And then you're gonna be a slave, voluntarily slave, because you gotta be paying you're gonna pay taxes forever till you die. (laughs) You're gonna be in debt till you die. (laughs) You know, so the system that is created to control your money. You know, because whoever controls the money controls the person. So it's just what it is. So at the end of the day, they've built a system that gets people, you know, just I'll give an example. I remember, you you know, during the September Mm eleven, and I think there was a documentary. Either It was, or it actually was the, the, one of the terrorists. Basically, if you notice, they they didn't let them stay for long. They came in and they committed their crime, and they they died and gone. Right. But then when you look at the ones in India that committed the same thing at the Taj Mahal, when they were talking to the whoever their leader is, the guy was like, "Wait a minute, dude, you you telling me to blow up this man? There's TVs. <laughs> this this is beautiful. I don't want to do that." The guy's like, "Listen, come on." You know, your, your virgins are ready for you in heaven. Come on, do it. <laughs> All that lie, right? Right. But America's built a system where if you come, I mean, it's a no-brainer. You want to stay. You want to give back because it's, it's there. It's an opportunity for you to really grow if you implement yourself, if you apply yourself. And if you're open to learning and getting the knowledge. Because one thing I found is everything that we need to know is already out in the public. You can find out information if you're seeking for it. If you're not seeking information, you're just following blindly and watching TV, watching the CNN and Fox News and all these people, you'll remain in the dark and you'll be in the blind forever. And because the media wants to get your money, the government wants your money, the the banks want your money, the pharmaceutical industry wants your money. Those four of them. Are very interested to getting your wealth from you, yep. so they all work together as a team. They team, they like this is like the a, a basketball team. They are like the best of the best. They are dribbling you and passing you around and getting your money away from you. So most folks, uh, you know. So I I just choose to do something different. But yeah, but you know, go, going back to your question. <laughs> I grew up watching Soul Train in Africa. All Africans, we, you know, you all remember Soul Train, right?
2: Right,
1: right. Watched that, I watched that growing up. And you just sitting, you know, I was young, 12 years old, 13, 14, 15, high school. All I was dreaming about was, man, I got to be in that country. It's, I, I, I don't <laughs> think I want to <laughs> stay. I need to figure a way to get over there. So that that was it, man.
0: Okay. So... You mentioned uh, the, that the, the, there's a the system for the wealthy and a system for everyone else. Before we go into the system for the wealthy, what does the system for everyone else look like? You mentioned you didn't want to do things how everybody else is doing it uh, through your company, and you mentioned mutual funds and stocks. I thought the stock market and mutual funds was a a good thing. So now you're telling me there's something else before we go to something else. Tell me about the things that maybe we've been sold on that aren't necessarily part of the true wealth system that you envision.
1: So don't get me wrong. You know, mutual funds, stocks, as long as you understand what it is, right? So understanding this as a business owner, I'm a business owner, right? So I don't see myself taking my profit from my company and investing in somebody else's company. Gotcha. That's basically what a mutual fund is. Right. So I go make money, work hard for my money as a business. I already take risks every day with my money, with my business. The business is going up and down, right? I take risk all the time. I'm about to take another risk investing in some investments like some real estate deals right Mm -hmm. because those are risk investments but then you're telling me instead of me doing that and grow or reinvesting my money back into my company which is the company i'm growing i should take my profit and go give to a invest to a mutual fund company or to a stock and buy somebody else's company stock now when their stock go up i make money and I'm excited. I show everybody on Facebook, man. I just made money on this stock. Mm. And then when the market crashed, boom, you lose your money. Right. <laughs> you gotta wait for the market to correct itself, which might take years. And then, as a financial advisor back in the day, you know your clients are calling, "What's going on, man? It's just paper loss, babe. Just stay, stay in. It's just paper. Don't come out. You still got a long, you still got a, a long term." horizon on your money to wait for it. Just don't worry. But then what do you tell a 60-year-old person that just lost his money? Does he have a long-term horizon? Mm. He's, been, he's been hoping right. to retire at age 65, and boom, the market just crashed just because there's COVID-19 in China. Right. Or there's, there's um, an attack in Iraq or whatever. The, your September 11 happened and boom, the market crashed. I want safety, I need my money to be safe, I need it to be protected, I need to take risk and stuff that I know in my own business and scale my business, take it to the next level, then give it to somebody else. So yeah, now I do have a lot of clients that trade on a daily basis and they're getting paid. You know, they trade Forex, they trade options, they trade commodities, they trade stocks, but they do it on a daily basis. They're not buying and holding. They're trading. So it's a big difference.
0: Understood. You also mentioned, um, is is that the same kind of thought process around the 401k? Because it's basically tied to the stock market. So, you know, you're putting in there for retirement and then something happens and then you know, 50% of it is gone overnight and you're like, wait, this was my retirement savings.
1: So let's talk about that. So 401k, it's very new, you know, yeah, been around probably um, maybe 20 years or whatever the kids now 38, you know. But they got rid of pension. So here's the deal. Remember what I said when I started? I said, the government is interested in your money. Mm-hmm. And whoever controls the money controls you. So right. here's the deal. If you and I are going to go into business together right now, and I write you a proposal, I say, hey, you know, DJ, let's start a business, man. Here's my proposal. And I say to you, I say, B- you know, this is a proposal I want you to put up all the money for the business, right? Right. I want you to take all the risk for the business. Right. 30 years from now, I'll come back and tell you how much you owe me. <laughs> Will you go into business with me? This doesn't sound too good. <laughs> terrible business ideas. Right. Terrible business. Right. But that's what American people are doing when they invest in the 401k. I see. They're putting their money in an account that they cannot touch. Even when there's an emergency, you touch that money, you're going to get here with penalty and taxes. Yeah. And then you're taking the market risk.
0: Yep.
1: And then when you retire, the government say, hey, you owe some tax money on that. And millions of people are putting money in there. And they got rid of the pension. Now flip this to a guy that's making two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand a year. The maximum he could put into a 401 K today in two thousand twenty is nineteen thousand five hundred. Hmm. So I'm making two hundred G's a year, right? Just using that. And I want to save in my retirement for my future self, for the future Douglas. Douglas, because remember now, whatever decision we make today is gonna affect the way we live in the future. Right. So if you're 30 years old today, your 60 year old person is praying and hoping that you make the right financial decision today. So when 60 years comes and you made all these big bad financial decisions, you end up working where McDonald's and Walmart at age 65. Mm -hmm. So it's so important what you do with your money. So, I want to be able to put if I say, you know what, I want to put away a hundred thousand dollars. I you know, I'm a thirty year old guy, I'm single, I'm making two hundred thousand dollars, I just got this good technology job, I'm making two hundred G. But your job says, Oh, you can only put away nineteen thousand five hundred dollars. What is that? That's not even up to ten percent of my income. So if I only put 19500 but I wanna live up of I, I can live off of a hundred thousand. Let's say the government takes their because they're going to take that portion of the jump street, 30%. If you're taking 30% of my income, why don't you let me save 30% of my income? Right. But no, you can't do that, sir. You 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 know, we got to keep it plain. That means my uh, the receptionist at my job, that's making $40,000 a year because the maximum she could put in her 401k, the same amount, $19,500. Mm-hmm. So now, both of us are putting $19,500 for our future. What the most people do, they do that. And then the next thing you do again, you take the, the remnant and you go outside of your 401k and you put money again in the mutual fund, because that's the only thing. Or Some financial advisor calls you up and puts you in a variable annuity. Same thing, <laughs> all still taking risk. I already taking risk with the job, now I'm taking risk outside of the job. Okay, fine, whatever. So when we retire together, me and the receptionist, now we have the same amount of money. Right. Because our money grew together.
0: Right. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So now we got
1: to retire with the same amount of money, which means I need to move away from my, maybe my $500,000 house and go look for a house in the state neighborhood as the receptionist. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. It doesn't make no sense Yeah, it
0: makes no. no sense at all. <laughs> And so I see where we're about to go here. You're about to pull the the veil back and say, hey, there's a different way to think. Uh, Before you do that, I have a feeling that what you're about to tell me is uh, something that is not something that people are going to mention a lot. And it may be simple. it It may not be necessarily hard. But I'm wondering why is the information that you're about to share today why, why don't they teach this? Why are they teaching the other stuff that is not necessarily going to be the most beneficial for us?
1: So the thing is this, right? I used to teach that, you know, until I say, no, this ain't right. Mm-hmm. See, at the end of the day, you got to look at yourself. I'm a consumer, just like the folks that I'm helping with their finances. They're consumers too. The only difference between both of us is that I have a license to share that information. Right. So I owe to myself as a fiduciary to say, listen, I don't want to do it the way you're doing it because you've been showing me this same thing for 24, 30 years. This is the same thing that most people have been doing. And then when I go to McDonald's and Walmart, I see a 65-year-old person working and when I talked to that 65 years old person, I said, man, what are you doing here? Why are you still working at this age? You know, try it. Ask those people. They used to be young just like you. They used to have a great job just like you. But now they're working at 65. Some of them are saved in the 401k. Some of them put away money. But they don't tell you their story. All you have to do is Google on, on YouTube 60-minute 60 60 minute documentary that says the 401k fallout. 401k fallout 60 minutes documentary and you see a video and you see people during the 2008 crash of the market crying man my my 401k just went down and it's not a news story it happened it just happened again you know yeah. you, when this covid started right you know so i had to look at something i needed to look at what are the wealthy families doing So the key to money is you got to be in control of your money. And you got to master the art of using OPM, just like the banks use OPM. For those of you that don't know what OPM is, other people's money. The banks use other people's money. The government uses other people's money. The media uses other people's money. The pharmaceutical industry uses other people's money. Every industry uses other people's money. Why ain't you using other people's money? <laughs>
0: that's, a, that's a great question. We, we're going we're to dive into that uh, a little bit more. Uh, but you mentioned a word that I think is important for us to uh, explain to the audience before we get deeper into uh, the wealth system. You mentioned uh, fiduciary why is that a, a important distinction than someone else in the financial services uh, industry who may not have that distinction?
1: Well, just because they don't have it doesn't mean they're not doing the right thing. You know, right. cause I got it just because I, you know, they want me to get this stuff. So I got it. That's, you know, didn't mean I wasn't, you know, doing the right thing anyway. At the end of the day, a person, when you're sitting down with a person, one thing I always tell folks, you know, if you watch any of my videos, I say, listen, before you sit down with anyone and they ask you for your financial data, because as a financial advisor, we want to see your financial data, we want to see what's going on in your world. Also ask them, okay, this investment you're trying to pull me in, let me see yours. Let me see what you're doing with right. your money. Let me see if you got money too. I mean, let me see what you're telling me to do. If you tell me to buy this product, are you, do you own some of this product? Tell me, let me see what you do with it and how you are making it work. You know, and then we have, we have to use common sense in everything we do. You know, so fiduciary is very very important title to have. You know, but it doesn't mess up the fact that if you don't, if a person doesn't have it, it doesn't mean they're, they're bad or they're wrong. At the end of the day, you got you got because there's some people that have the same title. As, they call themselves fiduciary, they're still doing jacked up stuff. Gotcha. You know, they're still doing jacked up stuff. So it don't make a difference. At the end of the day, you need to be able to, you know, look at the person that you're trying to do business with and say, hey, you know, tell me, you know, show me what you're doing. Not just tell me about it. Are you living, you know, are you living the life that you're trying to get me to do? Every financial advisor that I work in my organization, I, I tell them all the time, you cannot go out on the street and try to help somebody and you're not helping yourself. If you don't have the product that we're talking about, if you're not using the system that I'm teaching you, then you don't need to be talking to customers. Mm. you not. Because you're about to ruin their life.
0: So let let's go down that path. Let's let's talk about this uh, wealth system that you found by studying these wealthy families. Uh, you kind of have touched on it a little bit about having control over your money and also using other people's money. Give me a a, a summary or a uh, an overview of what is the the
1: wealth system in your eyes. So. The key to wealth building, you know, from one of the quotes from a very, very wealthy individual, JD Rockefeller. You know that name, right? Yes, I do. One of the favorite quotes. He has two favorite quotes. The first one is competition is thin. He didn't like competition. He crushed all of his competition, crushed them. The second one, all nothing, control everything. All nothing, control everything.
0: One of my favorite quotes.
1: Yep. And I think that I found, they don't use their money to do a whole lot of stuff. They rather use OPM because they could use their money to make more money. Right. See, I use my money to go make me more money but I use my money as collateral. I don't use my money, I don't dip in and take it out. So I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. I grew up in Africa, we pay cash for a lot of things. We pay cash, we don't have a credit system. So coming to America, I had to understand the credit game. I didn't know credit, I didn't know what that meant, whatever, you know? So but you realize you wanna buy a house, they ask you for your credit, they check your credit. I'm like, man, what is this credit? So I didn't know what it is. The first time I got introduced to the world of credit was a timeshare. Mm. I went to a timeshare presentation. They have the best salespeople in the world. I mean, those guys, they could sell, they could sell eyes to an Eskimo. They could go to Alaska and start selling eyes to everybody in Alaska. and say, let's say, buy these eyes. They're, they're so good. Right. So they saw me. They sold me. All I saw, I saw, you know, Folks, because you know they show you pictures of other customers, and they even give us food. And I'm from Africa; they give me rice and stew. That I can't—I can't forget. I can't, this is years ago. I still remember vividly,
2: rice and stew, and that was it.
1: I was like, I'm signing up, but man, this was good. I'm signing up, but <laughs> right. for them. <laughs> then, when I realized, hey, wait a minute, Douglas, you bought a timeshare. After I've been paying, I was—I've been paying. And then I realized, where you going? You going to go to, because it was a timeshare in the Bahamas.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I said, how you, how you going to get there, dude? Mm. You ain't got no papers, man. What you going to do? How you going to get to the Bahamas? Right. You going to get to the Bahamas? Then you don't have no papers. How you going to come back to America? So I called them. I said, dude, listen, I can't I can't go I can't go to this timeshare. Can we cancel? They said, no, you, you, it's yours, dude. You got to figure it out.
2: Right.
1: Man. I cost them all out with my African language. I did all the stuff, caused them, put very voicemail message on everybody's message box that day. Ever. you know how it you press one for this, press two for vice president, I press, and I cost them all out, nothing. The next day I said, I'm not paying you all nothing name. I'm done. Next day it was, a, back then I lived in Virginia. So Virginia law, which I didn't know nothing, they like, oh, don't take they took me to court. I didn't go, don't matter, you don't show up. They put a judgment on my credit. Mm. You know, and so all of a sudden I have a judgment,
2: mm-hmm.
1: a lien on, on my credit. I'm like, what is that? So basically I went ahead, I said, you know what, I'm going to, I called the a lawyer, the lawyer, you know, lawyers, hey, just file bankruptcy. You know, bankruptcy lawyers don't give you any advice. They just say file bankruptcy, <laughs> file <laughs> bankruptcy, whatever, right. Right. file right. bankruptcy. So that's what he did. I filed bankruptcy. I said, okay, cool. I listened to him. I filed my bankruptcy. But he said, you just got to wait out seven years or whatever until discharge. I said, all right, cool. So that was how my credit got jacked. I said, you know what? I need to study this credit game. Mm. I cannot make this mistake anymore in my life about credit. So I started studying credit. I started understanding the credit game. So now I'm studying credit. My credit score is over 850, you know, nice. So now credit with cash, when you have money and you got credit, the banks come down to their knees and beg you. Mm. But here's the key. You gotta use the money for to make build wealth for yourself. So I'll give you a quick example of that. A lot of people, which is another lie, they've been told in the press, in the media. Okay. Because remember, the banks, the media, the government, they all work together to get your money away from you fast. So a person goes out. If I came to you, I said, DJ, I need you to loan me money. Loan me 100000 I saw this beautiful house. I want to buy. Loan me $100,000. Yeah. $100, you say, sure. I'll loan you $100,000. You're going to ask me a question, DJ. What, is, what is the question are you going to ask me?
0: When am I going to receive it? Uh, when am I going to get paid back? And what, how long exactly. is it going to take,
1: Right. How long you gonna pay and think. And I said, DJ, you know what? I'll pay you back because I got this beautiful house I want to buy, and it's my dream home. My family—we're all gonna be in there. I'll pay you back every month, a thousand dollars a month for the next thirty years. Okay. So you gonna make all this money for whatever you know on there, but right. you gotta wait thirty years to get it. Will you take that deal, DJ?
0: Am I getting any type of interest on this?
1: Well, let's just say you're getting two percent, three, whatever the stuff is. Uh, I'm not sure. And I'm not speaking out numbers, but I, I might yes.
0: have to. I might have to call call my friend Douglas and, and get a second <laughs> opinion because I'm not sure if I would move towards this. But you let me know if I would or not.
1: Well, guess what? It's a bad deal. I would never do. That. I would have never give. I would even give that money to my mom if she <laughs> t- if my mom came to me and said, Douglas. Can you loan me a hundred and pay me over thirty? I say, "Mom, I'm not doing that deal with you." Right. If you if you can't find the money in two months or three months, oh, you know the longest I'll do is six months, Mom. Right. And right. it's at a twelve percent interest rate. <laughs> I'm not giving it to you for thirty years. You need to go find someone else and do that deal. Gotcha. But guess what? The banks are willing to do that deal, but yet we, the people, listen to some easier on TV, on the media tell you, get rid of that loan. Pay it off quickly, pay it off in, in, in fast. Because mm-hmm. the bank is making all this money over you. And people do what? They start making extra payment to pay off their mortgage quickly. Mm-hmm. Why? It's easy loan, 30 years, pay me $1,000 every month, gently, five, whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. Buy the house you can afford, pay it over time. The longer the term, but keep your money and let it go work for you and make you more money. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You work out, because we don't have 30, 40 years, right? The banks have 100 years. They could live forever. They're not, they're not a human being. They're brick and mortar. They, they make money off interest. Every dollar you make, the bank is taking 34% of it in interest. So they make their money off of interest. And if they're willing to give me people, because the banks don't print money, they don't print money, they use the other people's money. So if I give them their money quickly, they give me a loan for $100,000, and I say, you know what, I'm just gonna pay cash 100000 I take my 100000 that my future person, because every time I make a decision, I'm talking to my future guy, he's like, are you serious, Douglas, you about to do that? Hey, wait, 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 don't do it, because I need you, I need that money. Can you invest it somewhere first and make more money instead of giving it to the bank? Because remember when you put the money in your house, Mm -hmm. it's not earning any interest. You're not making no money on the house. So why are you leaving it in the house? And then when you want to get the money out, either you refinance the house or you sell the property. Mm -hmm. That's the only other way you can get it. Yeah, you could do a home equity line of credit, but you got to qualify for that. And the bank has to be liquid to want to give you that money and they could call that loan anytime. Yeah. But yeah, people do that.
0: Yeah. You, you raise a good point. So you're saying instead of dumping your money into things that don't necessarily pay you back, uh, you should be putting your money, uh, to work for you. And yes. what are some of those vehicles? And not, not necessarily saying you're giving any type of investment advice, uh, today, but uh, what are some of those types of vehicles that you could go down if you're trying to make your money work for you?
1: So here's what I tell everyone, all right? Your money is like a car. Okay. All right? So think about a car for a minute. You go buy a car. You go to the dealership. The dealership for you is your job. Gotcha. You buy a car. You make money. You come home with your car. You have two options, two places to park the car. You know where the place. Either you park it on the street or in your garage.
0: Damn. Right? Yep.
1: So when you park it on the street, it's your brand new car now. And you're sleeping at night and you hear you hear noises. Mm-hmm. You jump out of bed like somebody's about to steal my car. Something's happening. Vandalism, criminals, whatever you like, you're having nightmares because you don't want anything scratched. You don't want people, you see, you see people buy a brand new car and they pack the car. They go to the grocery store, they pack away from, and they walk to the car. You know what I mean? Yep. But if you pack it in your garage, you mm-hmm. sleep like a baby. You don't even worry about it. You sleep well. Mm-hmm. You enjoy your nighttime sleep. Well, same thing with your money. Where are you packing your money? Mm. Where you pack your money, what is affecting it? Interest rate is one. Are you getting a good interest or a small interest? For example, most people pack their money because, again, some advisors have told them pack your money in a savings account at a local bank where the bank is paying you zero point two five percent interest rate. Well, inflation is two or three percent, so you're already on the you're already losing. Yep. The second thing. So, tax lien. The IRS decides as a business owner and they say, well, we think, DJ, we think you owe us some money, man. And guess what they do? They freeze your bank account. Mm. So many business owners have, because <laughs> they don't realize that the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service, mm-hmm. their collection agency, they right. collect money. So a lot of business owners, they make money and they tell the I didn't make any money. Well, they know you made money. you drive driving a Bentley and you tell them you didn't make any money. Come on, they're collection agency. So they freeze your account and they take your money. You go through a divorce, 50-50, your money is gone. Think about all the things they could go after. Your 401k garage, your savings account garage, your mutual fund garage, they could get that. Your house, 50-50, mm-hmm. right? So I tell people, use a garage that protects your money, where the IRS cannot touch it, where the divorce court cannot come after it, where the creditors cannot touch your money, where interest rate is higher than 0.25%, where it's protected, the money grows tax-deferred, the interest you're earning on the money grows tax-deferred. When you want to take the money out, you could take it in form of a loan, which is, another I oh, why should I loan for myself, okay? You take it in form of a loan, and you don't have to pay taxes on it. Because mm. a lot of loans, there's no taxes on loans, right? You don't have to pay taxes. And the money grows. Mm. And then, it still has protection on your life. Just in case you don't make it, you mess around and you die. Then your family gets the money. For those of people that don't know what I'm talking about, I call it, it's called cash value life insurance. Gotcha. That's where you want to pack the money. But have to be designed okay. properly. Now, understand this when I say that. It's not an investment, but it's a garage to pack money. Now, understand this. When I drive my car, because right now I have my cars, they pass here, they, they're the house, they're in the garage. They're, you know, I'm not going anywhere, they're in the garage. Now when an opportunity, because my daughter says, daddy, we need stuff at the grocery store. I jump in the car, I go to the grocery to buy whatever we need to give it to her, right? Right. If if, somebody, if you call me up and say, Douglas, man, we got this money we about to make, can you come meet me, so, so, so place? I jump in my car, drive to the airport, get on a plane and fly to wherever you are. So we'll make this money. So your money in a in, in a garage needs to be ready to be used. But in the meantime, you gotta keep filling up the garage, your money garage, until the right opportunity presents itself. Right. Yeah, you can use it to go make more money for yourself. Where you could get double digit returns. Maybe invest in startup businesses, maybe invest in companies that you understand you believe in that you say, okay, you know what? I'm I'm one of the initial investors, like people that invested in Uber, people that invested in Airbnb, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like There's tons of other startups like that. You could invest in real estate. You could be a hard money lender. There's a lot of things you could do. In just the stock market. People are just so carried away with stock market and all that. There's a ton of stuff you could make money. I mean, there's tons of alternative, we call them alternative investment. Mm-hmm but I need to have my money parked in the garage. And then when I want to use it now, here's the best part of it. I don't take my money to go do those deals. I could borrow against it. There's financial institutions that say, Hey, we see how much you have in your garage. You have $200,000. Mm-hmm. There's this property over there that you want to buy. All right, go get the property. We'll give you our hundred thousand to go buy the property. Keep your 200,000. it's at. Let it continue to grow at a decent interest rate, compounding, and then go buy whatever you want to go buy at an interest rate that's also decent, but doesn't show up on your credit report. Mm. And there's no monthly payment. If you don't want to pay them, that's fine. If you decide to pay them every month, that's okay too. They're not calling you every day. There's nobody from India calling you and harassing you, telling you, man, you're late on your payment. You're not stressed about it. None of that. That makes sense?
0: That, that makes sense. But So the first, the first garage was the cash flow, uh, cash value, life insurance. But what was the second garage called?
1: No, that's it. Because I was talking about other garages okay. that people have money in. Okay. Like their city account garage, their money market account garage, their house garage. Because a lot okay. of people have money in their home. Something about house rich, retirement poor. Gotcha. 401k is a garage, you know, because a 401k is not an investment. An IRA is a garage. They're not investment. They're just a garage. They're a shell. You park vehicles in there, investment vehicles. That's what they call them, right? Investment yeah. vehicles. You park them in a the garage.
0: Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm catching up with you on this because I want to make sure I'm within a wealth system the way I operate. Now, I've been hearing something about uh, operating with uh, trust. Is there anything you can speak on, uh, without giving too much away, without giving all the secret sauce away, (laughs) uh, what can you speak on when it comes to this word trust, especially like a business trust or something like that, where you're able to uh, utilize it for business purposes?
1: Yeah, so there's, over 80 types of different trusts all over the world. Okay. 80 different types. All right. So a trust, the U S constitution says a trust is a person. It's a human being. It can do anything. Any human being can do except talk. So imagine that
0: we got to say that one more time, man.
1: A trust is a person. Yes. The U.S. government, the Constitution, says a trust is a human being. It's a person. Mm. It can do any type or anything any individual or corporation can do. Okay. Except talk. It cannot eat. It cannot walk. It cannot buy anything else it could do. It could own right. a business. It could own a house. It could own whatever. Okay. So, yeah, those things do exist and they are not true entity, and they protect your assets, they protect you from probate, They some of them allow you to minimize taxes, tons of different things. So the key is, what's the right one, right? What's the one that you can use? Well, just unfortunately, that education is not prevalent to a lot of people. So just because an attorney, because I remember the first attorney, when my mentor, you know, God rest his soul, man, awesome gentleman, passed away you know of 80 years old when he died but when he passed away you know he educated me you know when i was doing my research i ran into this guy and you know how people talk about i want i want you to be my mentor they won't pay anything i ran into this guy's website and i purchased this book he had a book that i bought i paid four thousand dollars for this book 15 years ago wow 15 years four thousand dollars and the guy called me and said, Man, you, you, you're the only one that bought the book. <laughs> what's that, what's in this book? It was called Tax Secrets of the Wealthy. Mm. So I purchased that stuff, man. And um, we got on the phone, we spoke. He called me, we spoke for two hours. And then he asked me, How old do I think he was? I said, Man, you, you sound like you're in your 60s. He said, No, I'm 75 years old. Mm. I'm like, Wow. He's like, but once you finish reading my book, you're going to have a lot of knowledge. In that book, I saw where trust can own a business. So when I said, I said, man, let me go start, let me go get a trust. I need a living trust to own my company because I had an escort then. Mm-hmm. I need a living trust. And I went to the attorney to set up. She charged me like seven grand. I paid. And I asked her, you know, I want this to own my trust. She said, no, I can't do it because I'm like, ah, wow. Okay she didn't know
2: right. because
1: she's just doing a template for you just set up you know I mean Susie Allman has a template for you to set up a trust I mean they all do that's all they do but it's a living trust she's talking about that's all she can do no problem but going forward as she continues seeking knowledge the information comes and then I realize wow there's a lot of different trusts until so what happened I brought one of my clients that was coming to America, wealthy gentleman, and I'm like, man, I I need to tap into these guys' info. Because, you know, in his book, he's not going to put a lot of information in there. Because they don't. They're not. So the only way I could get more knowledge from him was bring a customer to him. And he told me, he said, he doesn't really do the business. He's an attorney. He's a real estate agent. He has an insurance license. So he consults with wealthy families. that's all he does consult with them and i said listen i have a wealthy person coming can you help him he said sure you know gave me a list of what i needed to get the guy to give up. so i sent it to my friend i said listen and i know you're coming to visit america you know can you write this out for me tell me exactly this all is what i need from you because i want you to sit down with my mentor that he's going to really help you because i want to make sure your family situation is secure and tight because you're doing very well. He said, okay, and he filled out the phone for me. I sent it to my guy. When the guy came, we met with him, and I was able to see the process. And we split the deal 50-50, you know, but I got so much knowledge just from working with him. And since then, you know, it changed my whole life.
0: And by having that trust, I know you talked about tax advantages, but what are some of the advantages of of operating that way instead of, uh, I guess, what the traditional route would be?
1: Well, here's what I'll do, all right? Here's what I'll do. (laughs) Can I share my screen?
0: Yes, uh, let me make sure you have access, but yes, you should be able
1: to. All right, cool. There's a lot of conversations. So, this is the federal government website, IRS. All right? Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to do this. Let's go to W9. You've seen this form before. So, i pull it up. Form W9. Open it up. So, this form is the form every business owner fills out to collect money from somebody. Right. And... Everyone has either their individual, that means they use their social security number, sole proprietor or their single member llc. Right. They have a C-Corp. You have an s corp. You have partnership. You also have a trust and a It's right there. I promise you, a lot of business owners, a lot of people have filled out this form. This is going to be the first time that they notice this right there. Now, they could call their CPA all day long. They could call their t- attorney and say, hey, can I set up this? And they'll tell, no, nah, that's just there for whatever. Mm. So understanding, this is a business entity as well. Right. And you put in the business name, the address, the social security number, or employee identification number.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right? So it does exist. And it loads of benefits, but a regular trust cannot do; doesn't have access to that because a regular trust uses your social security number, not an EIN number. So but there, that's a different conversation. I understand? So if you don't want to hear more? Yeah, pay to play.
0: I understand. Uh, let me see if I can ask this question. Uh, let's see if I get an answer. Let, let's see if this is uh, available for me today. So there, are, there are certain types of trusts that can operate as businesses and have have a EIN number and uh, operate and collect money as a business.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. And most people don't know about that, so they're still doing the traditional LLC or S corp type of filings.
1: Yeah, I'm, I mean, these are all state entities and you know and you can have that i mean we i teach people how to set those up I, we teach them how to even build the credit for those entities because that's what people recognize right but if you want to own nothing and control like your, for example i'll give you this all right let's say you have a llc for okay. example an llc like this single member llc this person right here he has an llc llc is attached the members are the ones that pay taxes not the company not the entity so for example, if the LLC makes a million dollars income, paid, you know, you pay my LLC a million dollars. Now that LLC has expenses, business expense, maybe travel, whatever, whatever the expense might be for the business based on the law. He writes up five hundred thousand dollars in expenses. Then there's five hundred thousand dollars left, mm-hmm. you know, including you know the, the employee salary, those are other expenses. The other five hundred thousand that is income, which is the profit. Now the owner, the member, because that's the LLC, and the members you gotta pay the taxes on the five hundred thousand via K1.
0: Right.
1: Right? So the that's what tax that tax is. You. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the C that's another one, double taxation right, right. on the C corp which must be set up. So but most companies before I if I want to get loans from a company, I have to have, be in good standing. They'll check me. They'll check my company on the um, state, the the Secretary of State website for that state to see if you're in good standing before you get anything. So they're all, you know, tied into the system to make sure that happens. But the owner could be a trust. A trust. This trust right here can own be a part owner of the LLC. So now instead of being a single member LLC, we could have a, a multi member LLC. Gotcha. All right, so the trust can be the owner, and then we could move from there and then do what we need to do. I mean, there's different trusts as well. So there's connecting this, there's, there's a setup, there's a system. Just know that everything you see in America, there's always two systems there's one for the wealthy, there's one for the, uh, everyone else. Even nonprofits, there's a nonprofit for the wealthy, there's a nonprofit for everyone else.
0: No. It's all the game, that's what it is. Now, I know we're, we're about to let everybody know how they can go work with you, how they can collaborate with you, get access to some of this great information. But you just said something, and if you could just give us a, just a tad bit more on it, if you could. There, is, there are nonprofits for, the, for everyone else, and there are nonprofits for the wealthy. And when we talked before, you told me something, because I was telling you about, uh, like, different charities. And you were, you were telling me, well, that's a public charity. There's also a private charity. If you could just right. tell us a little bit about that, because to me, that's a game changer. Uh, if you at least know that this, this exists.
1: Right. So definitely. So public charities, Salvation Army, churches, mm-hmm. you know, um, boys and girls clubs, those are all public charities. Some people have them, Five, you know, or oh, I have a 501 c 501c3. 501c3 is a determination letter from the IRS saying we've determined that you are a non-for-profit. That letter comes from the IRS and allows you now to collect donations from the public. Right? So basically when you hear the wealthy say, "Hey, I'm going to give away my wealth to charity. I'm going to give away all my wealth." I got I was like, "I'm from Africa." So when you tell me you're going to give away your wealth, to I'm just going to give away all my wealth. I'm not going to give my children any money. I'm just going to give it away. Right. All right. I'm like, okay. But he's still rich. He's still the richest man in the world. Right. And he just gave away all his wealth. I, didn't, I It didn't make any sense. I didn't like, how he do that? Then I realized, wait a minute. There's another charity that's not giving away their wealth. They're taking the money from this right pocket to the left pocket. They still control the money. Mm. There's a private family foundation. Just because somebody has a foundation, there's a lot of athletes, there's a lot of football players, basketball players, even celebrities that have foundations. But all foundations are not created equal. But when they talk, so here's the problem. Because what happens is we, as we continue to grow, right, in wealth or whatever the case might be, we're in the same circle of people sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Right. We don't step outside our circle because for whatever reason we've been programmed to not trust so many people, right? Because if you if you're divided, then you, you you're gonna stay in the same box. But if you're open to learning and thinking outside the box, information comes to you. But at the same time, if you're a talker and you're very proud and you don't listen, see God gave us two ears and one mouth. That means we need to listen more than we talk. Mm-hmm. So if I'm sitting in a room with a wealthy person and we're driving the same car, right? We both pulled up in the same Rolls Royce. I'm like, yeah, I got a Rolls Royce. You got a Rolls Royce? Not realizing that the what is in his engine is different from what is in my engine. <laughs> But because I'm so ego, oh, I got a rolls like a, he got a Rolls-Royce. Like. I don't ask him, I don't say nothing to him. I'm like, man, we're we, we the same. right? Instead of me saying to him, man, can I look at your engine, please? You know, right. let me see what, what underneath the engine, how did you build it? And then I go look, I'm like, oh, sh-. It's, different. <laughs> it's different. It's different. It's different right. from right. was in my engine.
2: Right, And then after
1: asking questions, how did you build this? Who did it for you? Which, you know, so that's the key. So my point is just because you have a foundation, don't mean yours is the same as Warren Buffett. Gotcha. (laughs) Or Bill Gates. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. So uh, listeners are listening in, business owners and investors, they're hearing this episode. They're learning that there is a uh, wealth system that they need to tap into. How can they collaborate with you? How can they work with you uh, to get started uh, thinking towards the wealth system?
1: So first, see my book right there is called Creating Generational Wealth. I wrote a book on that. What's on the second version? But the most important thing, the way you could reach me is buildwealthwithdouglas.com buildwealthwithdouglas.com because of your you know your your show there's a, a very very hefty discount on there so when they go they could you know click on it and then set up a meeting with me and we could chop it up and talk and i'll share some more information to help them you know get their stuff together especially folks that are looking to really maximize the benefit you american government loves small business owners we I mean, that's the heart beat and hard the blood of the country. Now then I'll say, America is the best tax haven in the world. The wealthy mm-hmm. in this country don't do offshore banking. They don't take their money to Cayman Island. They don't do. They don't do Swiss bank. You know, I'm from Africa. We have a lot of dumb, dumb politicians that take all their money and go dump it in Swiss, in the Switzerland, in the Swiss bank. Swiss mm-hmm. don't go produce nothing. They have no. They just make money off their banking system and the right. wristwatches they have you know beautiful watches <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but other than that you know of course they use the monies that all these africans put in their swiss bank that they've stolen from the african countries and put over there and then when they die the swiss keeps that money that never made any sense to me so the wealthy are very smart in america they don't do that they keep the money right here and keep their eyes on their money your eyes on your money if somebody sang that song right
0: <laughs> um, I believe that was Snoop Dogg and Doctor Dre that that wow. that uh, made sure that we stayed on point with that. Um, so America is the greatest tax haven in the world. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's that's a that's a that's a huge nugget right there. Um, and also, if, if I wanted to get your a copy of your book, will that be at the same website, or where can I find your book at?
1: It's on creatinggenerationalwealth.info. Okay. Creatinggenerationalwealth.info. Now, you can go on Amazon and get it, too, and donate to Amazon. Amazon is already rich. Buy it from my website. Don't make Amazon rich. I mean, they're rich. <laughs> I ain't hitting on the guy. He's doing his thing. But support me. I'm a small business, and I'm trying to get it done.
0: I got you, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm heading over there right now. Make sure I get the book. And uh, right. also head over to buildwealthofdouglas.com. Uh, We thank you for making that special offer to Black Equity listeners. Uh, Are there any final thoughts uh, for business owners and investors uh, who may be uh, in the States or international that you want to leave them with some words of wisdom?
1: Yes. So always remember this, there's four C's to building wealth. Four C's. First one is cost, opportunity cost. So for every dollar you want to spend, you need to, Think about the opportunity cost on that dollar before you spend it. Because you're either spending money or saving money. That's it. You know, anytime the money leaves your hand, it's spend dollars. You're never gonna get it back. You know, but if you save it, it's gonna come back. The second one is collateral. Collateral opportunities. You gotta be able to use your money to as a collateral, because we're using everything. The banks use your income as collateral. You should be able to use your own money as collateral. So when you're saving money, can you collateralize that fund to buy other stuff? Gotcha. All right? And then compounding interest. But I put a different caveat to it. Uninterrupted compounding interest. Uninterrupted. Ooh. That means I don't want my money when I put it in a, in the a, in a, in a, in a bank, in the garage that is growing. If I go withdraw it, then I've just interrupted the compounding. So the right. way it works is I keep it there. It continues to grow. And I collateralize against it. With me, they put a lien on it. All the money is still growing, so I don't lose my money. I use somebody else's money. Lovely. And the final C, I thought um, cost, opportunity cost, collateral opportunity, um, compound interest, and I think that's it. Okay. Compound interest, cost, collateral capacity, and control. Oh, yeah. there
0: it is. There
1: it is. We had to get control. that one in. There. We, That's can't, we can't have the episode control. Control. Okay. you got to be in control of your money. You can never give up control. Control is the key.
0: Douglas, thank you so much for coming on Black Equity Podcast. Uh, this is your first appearance, but hopefully uh, we'll stay in touch and keep giving out this valuable information uh, because I want our community to truly tap in to thinking with a wealthy mindset, start studying these wealthy families so then we can pass on that generational wealth. And I'm heading over right now uh, to go ahead and and cop that book and dig in um, because I'm sure there's some more gems in there uh, once I I dive in. So thank you so much for
1: coming on Black Equity. Awesome. Thank you, my brother. Nice meeting you. And also, you know, much blessings to you.
0: Thank you. I, I receive that. You as well. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Black Equity Podcast. Once again, if you have been listening since day one, we truly appreciate you. If this is your first time listening to Black Equity Podcast, we appreciate you as well. There are some things that I would encourage you to do if you truly want to be part of our network. First things first, I would say follow us on Instagram at Black Equity Network. Make sure that you share our post and tag us in anything business related. Also, once you're on Instagram, you can go to the tab and there's a lot of different options. Uh, One of the options that we currently have available is that you can actually get premium access and early access uh, to our episodes and also a personal introduction to any of our past guests uh, who are available at the time. Okay, so if you are interested in uh, having early access, I want you to join black equity community. I want you to do that right now. Also, I want you to explore everything else that we have on our uh, menu on Instagram. And also, if you're a company and you want to be in the flow of information that we have, you're going to want to go to our black equity network portal and you're going to want to register your company. And then we need to hop on a few calls so we can get you in the flow. This has been a really great episode. Actually, there's going to be a link in the show notes. If you want to work with today's guest, we're going to point you in the right direction to do that so then you can tap into the wealth system for yourself. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a next level conversation and we look forward to the next one.